we don't we might not see it now, but we do see him. We see Christ. We know that Christ is ruling right now. We know that that God will establish his throne and it will be a, a throne of permanence. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize, seize the, the faith. faith. Welcome to episode number 140 of the Carpe Fide podcast. Dun, 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 dun. We're back. And Jesse's background Live music recording. is... <laughs> Jesse's background music is... Dun, 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 dun. And my background music is... Mm. That's fine. It's a weird music. Mine. Sorry. <laughs> nobody wants oh to hear. Nobody wants to hear that Yoda. Shut it. <laughs> also, figure out how to figure out how to put your senses in order. Jeez, that guy can't even speak. Doesn't even speak English well. But he speaks English, but he doesn't speak English well. I don't understand. He's like anyway. the president. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of true. When you boil it down. When he's in Dagobah, the way he moves, the way he just wanders off, it's kind of like yeah. he has a he, he needs a cane. He needs someone to something to support him when he walks. All right, that's enough. That's enough. He, he, he lays in bed and dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day, <laughs> uh, then we'll truly have a new hope. <laughs> Let me have these tissues right here because uh you just got me. You got me with that one. Woo. Okay. Star Wars references. <laughs> this welcome, is Rich. obviously, obviously, metaphorically in Minecraft. We we do not want the president to lay down and die. It is not what we want for him to happen. And we always even if he dies of natural causes. <laughs> Honestly, I want him to I would like I would like Joe Biden to not have to be forced and jabbed with whatever they're keeping him upright with and just to like live a life like he's he did. He did serve for a long time this country, sometimes in very wonderful ways and sometimes in the worst ways ever possible. And maybe just go enjoy your mansions or whatever, because. This looks awful. It looks sad. It really does. Like it makes me I, sad to see. I'd love him. to read an autobiographical account. <laughs> Can you imagine that book? Who's, <laughs> I'd love, who's... <laughs> Look, I'd love like Morgan Freeman to narrate it on audio. <laughs> <laughs> One day when I was in the seventies, corn pop rubbed my leg hair. Corn pop, rubbed it, blah, 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 the corn in the pool. Wait, what? what you, Morgan, what did you say? I'm just reading off the prompter. <laughs> All right. Enough. My All right. This is, did not, this did not go where I thought it would. All right. We're in the midst of our culture war series. Um, and we gave uh, our first, our first culture war episode kind of outla- outlined for us what we could see as mission objective. What is the mission objective when we talk about the culture war? And essentially what we're just to catch everybody up, we're essentially talking about the kingdom of God, right? Christ's kingdom where he rules and reigns. And we're talking about the kingdom of man. And essentially we have that war because they're coming together. Um, and when they meet, there's, there's automatic uh, tension. And we saw this because, um, well, Jesus was crucified. Uh, <laughs> when that happened, it's pretty obvious. One of those big, big moments um, where it was pretty obvious that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man were going to be uh, at odds. Uh, for they have two different kings. And when we looked at that, we outlined our mission objective based around the Great Commission and in Ephesians 6, where it says that we are we are warring against um, evil forces that are in high places that have power and authority, and we are warring against them. Um, and it, it describes that in Ephesians 6. So you can go back and listen uh, to episode 138 to get that. 139 was just a, a, a sermon that we did uh, we did it February 4th, two weeks before the Super Bowl, and it had nothing to do with the Super Bowl. But because we have been speaking out against the He Gets His campaign and it's, well, I'll use the word flaccid, flaccid take on, on Christ. It's it's half Jesus, uh, which makes it a whole lie. Um, we, we put that sermon up uh, that came out of uh, Hebrews 2. 
Um, and it was, uh, hopefully it was edifying for you. Uh, we, we'd love feedback on how the series is going from you for sure. Um, this episode, we're going to take our idea of mission objective and really try to define the enemy. So we want to know the enemy here in episode number one, fall day of the culture war series. Um, and I think, I think that catches us up, right? So we can just dive into what we got. We think, yeah, we can. Do you know what planet you're on? Oh, thanks. Do you know what planet you're landing on, by the way, as you're in your Imperial transport ship? No. Okay, I just was curious. You know, they've yeah, heard Joe they, Biden is a captain, so we don't really know where we're going. Uh, oh, gosh. I was just going <laughs> to say that the Empire doesn't have to tell you that you'll find out when you get there. But you, again, went back to Joe Biden, so we'll just move forward. Um, <laughs> you don't have to call back that joke. You don't have to do that this whole episode, okay? You can you just let it die. No, no I will. Uh, but I can and I will. All right. <laughs> uh, Jess, why don't you start us off on, on knowing the enemy uh, in Ephesians 2 uh, to kick off our episode. All right. We have plenty of scripture for people. On oh, man, episode. we're going to be in the Bible today. Ooh. We want it to be, pre- whoa, your glass is like, oh, that was cool. Do it again. Yeah. If you're if you're not watching this on YouTube, you should, because that, that was a pretty cool effect. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> this is why we don't do visual medium because Jesse gets distracted. Oh, oh also, sorry. Yeah, we have, we, we're recording these, uh, on video, which we hate to do by the way. Um, <laughs> but we're doing it because people were like, oh, you should try YouTube. And we're like, meh. Um, but what you can't see and why, why I'm talking about Star Wars is because we literally both have, uh, Star Wars backgrounds. So if that it doesn't entice you to get on over there, I just realized that we're talking about a visual medium on a podcast and whenever you do that, you have to describe the visual medium. So I do apologize to the listeners who are like, why are they talking about Star Wars? <laughs> anyway. All right, Jesse. Let, can we start now? With- <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that because I, I wouldn't have. Yeah, Alrighty, it's uh, we're going right. to do uh, Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 3 says, and you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all also formerly conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, doing the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Amen. Here we have the outline. I know, excuse me. We have the outline um, of... Of essentially our enemies here boiled down um and I, I do want to clarify the enemies the enemies ultimately are sin and death and they will always be sin and death and we'll talk more about uh sin later um but here when we look at the overarching enemy of sin and death it's boiled down into uh three uh separate categories for us we we were dead in our sin that's that's sin and death uh, we were dead in our sin because we followed after the world we followed after the devil and we followed after the passions of our flesh. And all of that produced a uh, disobedience that's antithetical to the righteousness of God. So in following after um, the world, the devil, and the flesh, we can see clearly that we have, um, we have enemies that are, they are the enemies of the kingdom of God. And, and when we can identify rightly the enemy, then we know where to train our fire. And that's the key um, to fulfilling our mission objective, to go out with the Great Commission, to identify the rulers and authorities and the powers that are seeking to bring about evil and unrighteousness in the world where we have to we have to train our focus so so that's that's the key in opening up there in ephesians 2 1 through 3 it gives us um, an area to train our fire in the mission and and when we examine this uh, when you think about when you think about a battlefield you you have enemies essentially that are outside the wire and the wire simply, for for whatever purpose you're, you're trying to put it in, but if you put it in like a forward operating position, a, a battlefield where you're at a base, a military base, you'll have a fence. And oftentimes there was some sort of construction of the fence utilizing wire, right? Um, and, and when you made the fence that had some sort of wire, you would refer to outside the wire and inside the wire. Uh, and for, for us today, we're going to examine both outside the wire and inside the wire. And we're going to make it really awkward because the wire we're talking about is literally literally ourselves. So for us, in this particular battle, 
when we're looking at our mission objective of carrying the gospel forward in the Great Commission, and when we're examining um, the war that we're in against, right, in Ephesians 6, those, those powers that exist that are trying to fulfill and enact unrighteousness and evil, we're going to have to identify the fact we have enemies outside of us, that's outside the wire, and we have enemies literally inside the wire. Um, and, and in doing that, right, we're going to, we're going to get two different sets of enemies and we'll ultimately always come back to sin and death. So that's kind of, it's kind of how this is going to work just so you know where we're going. Um, so if we're going to focus, I wonder if you hadn't told me I would have been lost. (laughs) Not you. I'm talking about (laughs) talking to our audience. (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) So we start with the enemies outside the wire because I, I feel like, I feel like maybe, Maybe when we understand the enemies outside the wire, we can better focus, um, <clears throat> focus our fire. All right. So the first enemy that we have outside the wire that I wanted to kind of quantify is the world. Right. And so in Ephesians two, um, we had we had uh, Satan, uh, the passions of the flesh and and we had um, the the world. Do we have the world. I'm just totally forgetting what Ephesians chapter. <laughs> it's just like that. Right out of my brain. It's the world, yeah, the flesh, well, and the devil, John. Thank you. Thank you. It's right there. I was right. All right. So focusing on the world first, uh, we'll take you from, from Ephesians. We'll jump over to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John 2.15 says this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father but is from the world and the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever here uh, in, in John's first letter, he outlines the world because he starts off right in the bat, right? Don't love the world. And then he goes into several things that the world is. And I didn't know if you wanted to jump in and talk about those things, Jesse, but you're welcome to, if not, I'll just keep talking because I like to talk. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I didn't want to interrupt you. <clears throat> oh, you know what? You're. You know, you're always gracious like that, and that's. It's just wonderful to be your brother. Yeah. Really, truly. So when he says when he says you're the welcome. world, he says you're if anyone welcome. doesn't love, if anyone loves the world, then the father. Can. <laughs> okay. All right. He says that if anyone loves the world then the love of the father isn't in him. So we have to understand that our enemy here in the world is an important one because it can literally keeping us from loving God the way we should. And that's going to ruin the mission objective that we've outlined already because the superseding mission objective is to, is to love and glorify God alone. That's the super, that's the overarching purpose. Um, so we want to make sure we can identify rightly the world. Then we can identify whether or not we're loving God or we're loving the world when we live and move and breathe. He outlines the world as yeah. the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. Jesse, if you were to put those three things into your own words, what would they sound like? The desires of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Um, well, the the pride of life makes me think back to uh, Babylon. I just read, or not, yeah, the Tower of Babel, rather. Um I just read that with the kids last week. Um, And it's just kind of like when we were talking about when you were, I was going to answer about what I thought about what the world was. Um, It made me kind of think and go back to that. Um, Like, so like when you think of, like when you think of worldly success or man's success versus success in God's economy, they're pretty much, like the exact opposite things, um, you know, like man, man wants the easy life, but God says, um, that you'll be persecuted or, or like, you know, like that, that type of paradigm, um, if that makes sense. So like the, when we're talking about, when we're talking about the pride of life, uh, I think that that's just a literal, a literal heart position of, of making man and his accomplishments um, more, more, more grand in your own, in your mind than, than the things of God. Um, like what they did, like what they did at Babel. Um, 
you know, they, they I, I can build a tower into the heavens and people will say, look at man, how, how great are we? Um, so like that, that for that one, that, that kind of embodies it. I mean, lust of the eyes seems to be more like a temptation type category. Um, uh, well, I guess, I guess they all are kind of a temptation category. But yeah. you know the desire for the desire for things, so covetousness would would fall into that category, um, and then lust of the flesh would be, I would think, more like material gains and things of that nature. Yeah, um, they all have to do. It's basically literally. It's just literally everything of the world. It, like you can people <clears throat> people like run it down and like what each one is. Y- you you can get lost in trying to decide what you, each one is and then forget that just don't do them <laughs> do you want to say that right people are like what category do i put this sin in is it the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes or the pride of life and i'm like uh just don't do it yeah just just stop doing that <laughs> stop stop doing that altogether. um the desires of the flesh the desires of the eyes are easy it's just whatever you see in the world like it, it entices you visually right the desires of the flesh are are those things that draw us in a carnal way and the pride of life usually tends simply to be the desire to gain the gaining of material possessions specifically. And so all of those things, it's acknowledged in this passage, all of those things are completely temporal. They all are dying. They're going away. And and to identify it rightly, when we love the world, that's what's happening to us. Right? And so I like to think of this as the kingdom of man, even though in reality, it's not like man has a kingdom. It's all God's stuff. It's all God's kingdom. So to define it that way is hard. But when you define the world as the kingdom of man, um, it helps to it helps to make sense of it because man is is his kingdom will go away. Everything that man's of man's kingdom will be will be consumed, right? <laughs> and it will be rightly placed as God's kingdom. It's such a temporary thing. It looks like it's it looks like we we're we're man is ruling the world is ruling right the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life are all that there is but that's not true that's not true at all right because if you listen to the the uh sermon we posted right we, we don't we might not see it now but we do see him we see christ we know that christ is ruling in right now we know that that god will establish his throne and it will be a a throne of permanence and the only reason he has not yet done so is because he's kind and gracious right waiting yet one more day as his children repent and turn to him and so when all of his children repent and turn we will see the kingdom fully enacted um but as that day is not yet we see and feel like this r- world is winning but it's it doesn't win <laughs> the, the game is over right um so this kingdom this kingdom of man is passing away the world is passing <clears throat> excuse me passing away and in that we have another. Yeah, and I mean, oh, ooh, sorry. Go ahead. To, just to, to contrast that with, with like, so God, God does promise blessings to His people for for loving and honoring Him, but I think that rarely those blessings um, look like how man would want to be blessed with mm. immediate and grand um, uh, tracks of land and <laughs> and wealth. Like just tracks like the, 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 the tracks of land, <laughs> um, you know, like, but God, it, I mean, just in a cur- very cursory way, guys, I'm not trying to go too deep into this, but like God's promises are, um, seem to be more of a long, long game type thing. So we're talking about generational faithfulness, generational blessings, the blessings that come from living a life for God are blessings that compound on themselves with each generation. And, and I think that that's why in the Old Testament, it, it talks about remembering so often. And that's why in Deuteronomy 6, God commands them to teach these things diligently to their children, um, no matter what they do and in all ways, so that they don't forget the blessings of the Lord for, for the people of God. And when people forget, that's when you spiral into judges, you spiral into kings, you spiral into when when you don't teach those things, um, you know you you spiral into the kingdom of man, which brings chaos uh, and not order. Um, and you think of all of the New Testament passages that talks about the the kingdom of heaven being like a like a mustard seed, 
and and mustard seeds grow very large but over a very long amount of time and they start from a very small seed and like leaven and leaven spreads through the lump slowly and it's like those generational blessings that come um, from god are often much slower working than how man would perceive a blessing but um but that's that's why you have to keep reminding yourself of god's promises of his faithfulness to you your family and for the people of god at large because um you know god wins and like that's the that's the team that you should be playing for always you know so i just wanted to note that yes and amen yes and amen on that okay all right um moving forward then um an excellent, by the way, an excellent compare and contrast, because I always love a good compare and contrast, right? And also... Well, I mean, sometimes it's... No, I got it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, the next... I cannot get whatever is messing with my throat. All right. Did you die? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't die yet. All right. The next enemy that's outside the wire... Um, is is satan and while it satan is not present um in that verse we know that first peter 5 tells us that satan uh moves about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour that is what satan does now i want to clarify something right off the bat about satan satan is the prince of the power of the air he has rule and authority on earth none of that is separate from god's uh sovereignty and that's an important note about Satan. I, I feel like everybody can get like wibbly wobbly when you start talking about Satan. I don't want that to happen. Um, Satan has uh, authority down here, always subservient to God, always. And and in that, do not neglect the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the connection to the truth of God's word present in your life as a believer. also want to point out, Satan is not omnipresent. So I say that to say, stop blaming Satan for your sin. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's a different, that's a different, that's a different podcast. Uh, I don't want to get off into that. But I mean, stop blaming Satan for your sin. Okay. He doesn't need to be here in America to distract you from the gospel. Okay. He doesn't need to do that. Okay. He can only be in one place at a time. He's got to focus his attack. It's not on you with your, smartphone and you're too much time with your hands and your disposable income and you no, it's not where he doesn't need to be here okay stop i'll stop now but satan is a real enemy outside the wire um satan and the the demons are real and and they they do the work of of their kingdom so if you want to think of satan you can think of him as the king of the kingdom of man but again that means he's the king of nothing because we just read in first john 2 that that king that it's all passing away it's it's all passing away it is it has a expiration date it is not lasting right and and to acknowledge that is to remember that as we're in the midst of this battle we pointed this out this culture war the war is over we are simply in the midst of the battle right after after the allies landed on the beaches of Normandy and D-Day after they made landfall. And once they were successful at making landfall and once they were able to, to take those beachheads, the war was essentially over because we had Russia coming from the East and we were moving through the West and there was going to be nowhere for the enemy to run, but there was a lot more fighting that had to continue on. Not to mention the whole Pacific theater, which was obviously, which was obviously a thing that had to go on and we were still wrapping that up. It was like kind of like finishing out over there. We were ironing out some things from dropping the bombs and all right, but the war was over. There was still battles to fight. There was, there were still, the outcome was essentially determined, but there were still things that had to be done before it was going to be completed. We're just in that process. The war is over, but God has given us things to do. We are in the battlefield now and and the war is over, but there's still things to be done before the enemy is completely conquered. Did you ever, did you hear about the, did you hear about the, the Japanese guy that was like so far into like the jungles that he didn't know that the war was over and he stayed there and he came out and he was like a 70 year old man and like everything's modern and stuff. He's like, yo, can you let somebody know? Jeez. (laughs) 
You know, because, I mean, the Emperor was just like, hey, it ain't over until we tell you. And <laughs> all of his all of his contact points died. <clears throat> yeah, well, the key there was um, war is scary and nuts. And you don't want to die, so you just, you know, he just, he's like, if I, Stay in the jungle if I right, if I come out, if I, if I come out, I'm going to die, right? Like, and so I've wasted my life and now I'm going to die anyway, which is just like the kingdom of man, <laughs> just like the kingdom of man yeah. and Satan that they, 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 we are, we fight against them. We war against them to wrap up this whole war. And that is what God has called us to do. And so we will gladly do what he has called us to do. All right. That's the enemy outside the wire. Now we're going to jump inside the wire, right? The enemy inside the wire. And this is where we get into what we normally think of when we think about the enemies of God. This is where we're going to talk about the S word. Sin. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know what the S word was? (laughs) I I didn't know what was coming now. No. Sin. Sin. <laughs> I guess I could have said self, or maybe there's other S words, <clears throat> but not that S word. Jeez, this is no, no, no we're not, not saying that, that S word. This is a, a Christian podcast. We don't, we don't say that on air. <laughs> All right, sin, um, <clears throat> which resides in the heart of every man. Now I just drink from the cup because it's a cool visual effect on the uh, on the on the video. <laughs> anyway, um, what do you know about sin, Jesse? Don't get too personal. <laughs> Tell me about how the world works. <laughs> um, so the reason <laughs> how the world works. How the- <laughs> yes. Uh, the reason we put this on the, uh, the enemy inside of our, so when, when we were coming up for names and kind of topics, um, we asked, um, you know, Alex and John Cooper and, you know, people who have military background, just some like phrases and stuff like that. And one of the things that John Cooper was, he gave us a lot of, a lot of really cool phrases. Um, but he said, one of the things that, that they said, um, when they were when they were in their bases and they were getting into like squabbles and stuff like that is is that the enemies the enemies outside the wire like like stop stop nitpicking yourself like the enemies out there we need to be focused out there uh which is absolutely true in terms of uh in terms of the war and in, and really in terms of many of the issues that we that we see going on especially with online and there's a lot of infighting and, and all of those things and i think we said it I think we said it in our Shatim mood episode. Like if everyone just shouted at the same direction, like that would be more helpful than shouting at each other. But, but we can't ignore the fact that even inside the wire, we're not perfect human beings. Um, and that, and that we our our sin messes stuff up inside the wire. Um, and, and it's, it's a huge, it's a huge enemy. It's the enemy that's closest to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joe Biden, he's, he's meta, he's like far away, but our sin is, our sin, our, our sin comes from, you comes said he's, from did you say Joe Biden's beta? Is that what you said? No, I said meta, like he's, oh, oh, I'm sorry. High. Yeah, I understand. Like impersonal. Yeah, he's a beta meta. <laughs> yeah. But so, and, and I mean, throughout the scriptures, we're, we're called to, to kill our sin. Um, One of the things I don't, I don't see you put it in there, but but in Genesis, when God's talking to Cain after Cain kills Abel, I think it was Genesis four. Um, we had that scripture in there yesterday. I don't know where that went, but that's weird. We definitely did. We definitely did. We should anyway. Have, um, we should have read the notes before we started again. <laughs> so no, but in Genesis four, when when God when God is talking to Cain, right after he kills Abel. Um, Yes, like the the one of your brothers crying out from the ground. But one of the things he says right even at the beginning, uh, towards the beginning of human history, uh, indeed all history, um, is that, you know, sin is crouching at at the door like a like a lion. Like you you must war against this sin. And even as Christians, we 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 need to be warring against our sin. Now, the wonderful thing is that post salvation, we have the mighty power of the Holy spirit to help us do that because without him, we cannot fight sin. 
uh, we will always lose. Um, and it's only with the power of the Holy Spirit that we can uh, even make progress on the sin in our lives and become more Christ-like. But um, we we can't neglect we can't neglect personal sanctification and personal personal holiness just because there's a culture war to fight outside the wire. Um, we have to make sure that we're still slaying the enemies within uh, as well, which is why we're breaking this up into these two sections. Yeah, Genesis 4-7, God told Cain, you. if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Um, the whole idea, it's just an interesting, whenever I see four or two toward in the scripture, and, and something that is for or to or toward something it's just an interesting thing because it means like that that thing that is you know to you for you toward you that thing is looking to be it's like all all of it is towards you a full it's like receiving it's not like it's like oh you know i we we got a x-ray so obviously we were bombarded with a little bit of re- radiation right but no, 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 it's like walking into a nuclear core and you are receiving all the radiation. So when it says like its desire is for you, it's a consuming thing, right? Just like when um, just like when the Bible says that all things were created towards or to, to or for Christ. <laughs> what did I do? I mean, on my end, it came out like twoo. Like, like, <laughs> toward the W is silent. <laughs> <laughs> twoo towards twoo. and to and for Christ. It's a consuming thing, right? Everything is all of it, all energy, all matter. Everything is created for Christ. So it's a consuming thing. Here, the reality is like, hey, pay attention because sin desires you, like all of you, like. All of its energy is is focused on you, and we yeah, must. When it says that sin is for you, it's not like for you, like your parents at the track meet cheering you on, like yeah, hey, I'm for you know. It's 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 coming yeah. to kill it's you. Like, it's not like hey, you're gonna do great. <laughs> it's like hey, your <laughs> life is a tragedy now. <laughs> your life is an absolute disaster. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Thanks, sin. Thanks, sin. You're so great. Um, and sin encompasses everything we've already talked about. Um, when we're talking about the world, um, and we talked about the lust of flesh, the lust, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, all of that is internalized sin, right? All of those things don't exist if we don't do them. Sin makes them all exist because we do them. We see something and desire it. We have carnal, uh, fleshly temptations that draw us and we seek to bring material possessions into ourselves. That's all internalized sin expressed. That's what the world is. That's the kingdom of man. It's chasing after the kingdom of man. And so when we understand sin, it is all unrighteousness, right? For man. And it is, it is the absence of the righteousness of God. That's what sin is. It is it is literally, the word literally means to miss the mark. The mark is the glory of God. The mark is the righteousness of God. And we miss it. And it's not like we miss it. It's like we always miss it if we are trying to do it. <laughs> that's that's the that's the crux of the kingdom of man. And that is our inside the wire enemy, sin. Yes. Well, we wanted to make it practical. So um, we're going to talk about the, the point of the series. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, we're going to talk about the offensive front, like what what we what we need to be doing in our lives, in our churches, in our communities, um, in terms of combating these enemies. Um, so that's that's what we're going to transition to next. Yep. Um, so we're taking the the mission objective, putting it on the battlefield, and now we're at the front. Right. We're at the front. We're at the front of the battle. What do we do? We have these enemies. We're training our fire. What do we do, Jesse? What do we do? What do we do? Jesse. Well, as you wrote in the notes, um, we, <laughs> we sh- I should stop referencing the notes. <laughs> listen, guys, all of your polished podcasts that you listen to, not like ours, but they, they all have nice little notes and, and, and we do too. They're just, <laughs> they're just Hey man, look, good. we don't try to, we don't try to act like there's not like, you know, a wizard helping us. Okay. Like, it's not like all magic it doesn't just happen magically. It's like, Hey, it's like work. So we have notes. Of course we have notes. We're just going to talk to you, talk at you. No, you don't want to listen to that podcast, right? 
because it takes right. Joe Rogan, you know, three hours, right? And eventually you hear something, right? You watch the, the whatever podcast, and after like three hours, like, oh, yeah, there was like two or three things in there that were real cool. No, you you make some notes so you can get through some content. Gee whiz. Sorry. Apologize. I'm sorry, Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> so our action points here are going to be to kill sin, love our enemies, and speak the truth. Um, and we have more scripture for you. On- oh, yeah. We have more scripture for you. <laughs> Love your enemies, Matthew 5. Matthew 5, we'll start in verse 43. These are the words of Christ, and he says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Boom. Love your enemies. There it is. And and I like it when, it, when it's in red, because it's like, man, Jesus said it. I don't even know what else you want, right? You're like, oh, well, we have textual variants and we have some questions about the canon and i'm like well jesus said it man i don't know what to tell you <laughs> you're making things more complicated yeah just, yeah just read the words right like hello uh so god tells us that we have to love our enemies that is where like if it were just this and i think this is clear this is the most important thing that we can understand if it were just this right love your enemies then I would understand why there is so much wishy-washy garbage that comes out of the church. Because it's like, love your enemies. Okay, love your enemies and and bless those that persecute you. Well, sure, we have to love our enemies. So that's why we're wishy-washy. Because, I mean, sin is our enemy. Do we have to love sin? <laughs> and when as soon as you start getting confused here... <laughs> You're going to allow all this half truth to come into the church and half truth is a whole lie. And that is why we have so many of these problems because we're like, Jesus wants us to love everyone. Jesus wants us to, and, 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 and here's the thing. Yeah. Jesus wants you to love everyone. You know what else Jesus wants you to do? Hate sin. Like contrary to what you may have seen in an ad God teaches us to hate sin. <laughs> That's one of, it's like it's one of the foundational markers of being a follower of Christ is to love God and hate sin. So more more Bible because we didn't have enough. Um, do you want to read one, Jess? Because I'll read the other one. Um, sure. I've got Psalm ninety-seven ten up. Then I shall um, it read says, "Hate evil." The delay got us on that one. I'll read uh, Psalm 97.10. It says, says, Hate evil, you who love Yahweh, who keeps the souls of his holy ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. And Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 please. I'm not talking now. Now we're just going to stare at each other. (laughs) It's so weird not being in the same room (laughs) when we do this. It is weird. You were saying about the Psalms. Oh, I mean, I was, I was just like, it's, it's pretty explicit. I mean, people who that, that love God, that love God and his people should hate evil. Um, and, and Yahweh keeps the souls of his holy ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. So like when you see an ad on TV, that's washing the uh, abortionists feet while people are out there protesting against abortion and imploring people not to do that, you know, it kind of sends a weird message or like a priest uh, washing a transgender person's feet. It's like, okay, maybe they did need a foot. That sends the exact message they're trying to send. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pope Francis, he's all about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, no, but like, like, yeah, maybe they do need a foot massage, and that's fine. You can get them, like, a hand and stone gift card. But at the same time, if you don't confront, if you don't hate, if you don't love your neighbor enough by hating their sin and confronting them on it, like, you, you are not truly loving your neighbor. You, they will get a foot massage, but they will be in hell for eternity if you don't actually open your dang mouths and share the truth, the hard and inconvenient truth that you yourself have heard, that you have yourself by the power of the Holy Spirit have responded to, and that still applies to you, 
need to open your dang mouth and give them the truth, which is God loves them so much that he came and the only way to save people from themselves it was for him to take all of their sin and shame on the cross to be brutally beaten, brutally lied about, brutally murdered, and resurrected in by his own power three days later to save you from yourself. Otherwise, they're just getting a foot massage. And the ad does nothing. Yes, abortionists are murder. Are abortionists are murderers? I was just I'm thinking sorry. we should move forward in the notes because then we could we could probably talk about all. That, I'm sorry. I'm just it's it's so infuriating because because so many Christians are like, no, it's a great jumping off point for the gospel. Well, put the dang gospel in the multi million dollar ad. Don't use it as a jumping off point. That's absolutely dumb. It's what a waste of space, time, and money. You know, if it doesn't it's make you, if it doesn't make you angry, it's not faithfulness. It's cowardice. Oh my god! If it doesn't make you angry, everyone, then let me let me change your emotions because this is all emotional appeals now that we're doing right. Like it's all emotional appeals. <laughs> like, oh, it's a jumping off point for the gospel. Listen to me. What if the same organization? that spent hundreds of millions of dollars on ad space for the Super Bowl and didn't share the gospel is also an organization that provides clean drinking water, Bibles, Bible translations in native languages, and all types of missions work. What if that's the same organization? And now all that other missions work just lost hundreds of millions of dollars because it was put into ads that does nothing for the gospel of Christ. Does that make I'd you rather angry? Than give, does that I'd make you angry? Because that should make you angry. I, I'd rather them give clean drinking water to third world countries in hopes that they will live long enough for someone to actually share the dang gospel with them. Right. That's what I'm saying. Any of those things would have been better. And they took hundreds of millions of dollars from those things to do nothing. <laughs> anyway. All right. Look, we've talked about this enough. But that's what happens. That's what happens when we don't confront and kill the sin within the wire. I mean, you, you, we have, um, you know, like you, well, I'm sorry. I'm actually looking at the notes and I, yeah. I definitely jumped the guy here. Oh boy. But I'll just, <laughs> let me just finish. Good. Did finish you even 12. get a chance to read Romans 12? <laughs> no, I, I got Romans 12, nine ready whenever. Please know. just do Let's just do a hard stop. Just go there. I'll let you lead. Romans 12, nine is a very short verse. It says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil hold fast to what is good and i love this verse because it literally tells you to love and hate all in the same verse right let your love be genuine and here's the thing this is the best part how do you let your love be genuine by hating evil <laughs> so when we when we examine this and we have christ telling us to love our enemies simultaneously telling us to hate evil and then putting it in the same verse we can understand that he doesn't actually want us to love sin he wants us to hate sin and we have to love our enemies in a way just like jesse outlined for five minutes we want to love our enemies in the way where we love them by speaking clearly the truth of god the connection is that god calls us to be like him and he does this in Matthew 5 right after we just read so we read we read in verses 43 and 44 where Christ says you've heard what is said that you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I say to you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you but he goes on to say this so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven for he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good he sends rain on the just and the unjust for if you love those who love you what reward do you have do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. The call from Christ is to be godlike. We would be like God. That means we pursue after him. That means we follow what, what Paul did, right? Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. We find ourselves in a long chain of those desiring to follow after as disciples of Christ. Now, to do that, right, to to reflect 
right? The radiance that Christ showed, showed us of God's glory to magnify the Lord's name in all the earth. We have to be like the Father. We have to speak the truth. We have to be like Christ. We have to speak the truth. And again, it just goes, it just goes like, it'll help us to remember. Jesus spoke the truth and everyone wanted, like the people that desired the kingdom of man wanted him dead. Like you, you can't lose that fact. Not only did they want him dead, but they killed him. And I say they killed him knowing full well that it was the sovereign hand of God. It was the whole reason he was there was to die at the hands of the kingdom of man, because in doing so, they literally hung themselves like they, that was the thing that destroyed the kingdom. It was the end of the war, right? It was the landing on the beach of Normandy. Sorry, everything's over now. You want to keep putting up a fight? Fine, we'll keep fighting these battles, but it's done. You are cooked. Because when Christ died on the cross, sin was paid for. And when he rose from the grave, because he had no sin and sin couldn't hold him, death was conquered. So sin and death are are inside the wire enemies, right? They're they're conquered. Christ, Christ owns them. They are done, right? And and to do this, we have to then understand that because Christ died and he was died at the hands of the kingdom of man, when we do the things that Christ has called us to do, like pointing out sin, which God does, right? The love of the father is to point out sin. When he points out sin and that he hates it and that he will judge it and that if you continue in this way, you will be judged, right? He then also loves them by offering the salvation so that they can be free from sin and death. That's our call. You can't have half. You have to have all, all of Jesus or none of Jesus. Jesus doesn't give you the option for kind of Jesus. All right. Sorry. I ranted now. Now we both ranted. Yay. Yay. But so, so God wants us to be like him. And I, the, the other thing, the other thing that's frustrating about, about when we're talking about in, inside the wire issues um, when we're talking about sin and when we're talking about um, doctrine that's not properly guarded by brothers and sisters in Christ, that who, you know, I, I, I try not to be too judgmental, right? Because Paul, if, if Paul was writing to the Corinthians as believers, you know, there's probably a lot more people that are believers than what me and my reformedishness uh my reformedness would say are, you know, like I, I feel like, I feel like the reformed camp likes to draw hard and fast lines. I mean, he was also fine. writing to the Corinthians to like, you know, throw some people out too. Like there's both there. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. There was a clear line, you know, there's a clear line, but, but that, that Paul would even, that Paul would even attempt to warn them is uh, right. As brothers and sisters was, was pretty clear. Um, but, yes. but second Timothy one, 13 through 14, depending on, you know, no translation, you know, hold, hold fast to the standard of the sound words, which you have heard from me, um, in faith and love, which, which are in Christ Jesus guard through the Holy spirit who dwells in us, the treasure, which has been entrusted to you. And I, I think the, the other, the other voice that I'm hearing from the, from the, he gets us stuff isn't from culture. I, I haven't heard from a single unsaved person, anything about the he gets us came. No. Nope. And I do Nothing. know unsaved people. And I, yes. I'm very vocal on Facebook and, and they they have absolutely no problems interacting with me on those platforms. But but I, I feel like to to come against you know culture war issues like the He Gets Us campaign, when we're talking about enemies inside the wire, Second Timothy is very clear. we we are to guard we are to guard the faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. We we do need to defend accurate and responsible doctrines and messages coming from the church and i mean heretics was one category of people that paul had absolutely no no grace for um we are to separate them we are to cut them off from the flock mm. you know when, when you're talking about the responsibility of pastors we are to throw them out i mean heretics within the church they are enemy they, they are enemies that should be outside the wire and so you need to throw them outside the wire, you know, according to Paul. And and when when we hear these types of messages that are that are half truths that really aren't the full message of the gospel, um, I, I think we need to we need to be very careful about using them. Why would we use them when we can just give the gospel? 
I don't, I don't understand what, what, since when did we need an advertisement to help us launch into those gospel conversations? I'm just afraid. I'm afraid that the, that the church wants the ad to do what they know they should be doing, but aren't, yeah. which is evangelism. <laughs> and, and that's a, that's an inside the wire sin that needs to be killed. So defend, defend the doctrine, defend the doctrines. Like second Timothy says, you know, everything from, from your own personal sin, which obviously as when, when Jesus was talking about the, the log and the speck, you know, the, the log in your own eye is, is first and primary to remove. So prepare yourself in holiness, you know, be praying, be in the word, you know, make heal, physician heal thyself, <laughs> you know, but like, but also that needs to expand because of all that we've mentioned before in terms of loving God and hating sin, it doesn't begin and end with us. It's not a private faith. And so when we look at, when we look at guys like Russell Moore, when we look at, at all the things that happened with the gospel coalition in Canada, just writing really just spurious and slanderous articles against men who are actually living out their faith. Um, you know, when you have organizations like those that people want to be very soft toward and soft on, like, no, well, they, they write some good things. It's like, cool. Like, so did Tolstoy and, and you mm, know, so Mein Kampf Tolstoy. Mein Kampf sold a lot of copies. Like, oh, like, no. cool. like bad, <laughs> oh, bad no. guys can, bad guys can write, can write things that people read. Like, <laughs> so like, but like. I still don't understand what the need is to associate with them. Like there's far better people to associate with, namely Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like Mark Twain, yeah, like, you have, he, he wrote some things, you know, like, and yeah. Also, I mean, do you, do you have anything to team. say? Do you, do you have anything to say in terms of, in terms of at, not, not necessarily our personal sin, but this almost like seemingly friendly fire where, you have professing believers that are missing the mark and, and how we need to guard the faith. Do you have anything that you wanted to say on those points? Yeah, it's very simple. If God, ha where, where God's enemies are is where I must train my fire. And here's the difference. If there's only, if there's a difference, I want to be clear. And there, I'm, I'm sorry, there is a difference between the enemy outside the wire and the enemies that we're finding inside the wire. And it's the same thing that I think John Cooper was trying to get us to be aware of where he's trying to acknowledge that sometimes we have too much fighting inside the wire and we need to have more trained focus on our enemies outside the wire is our fighting inside the wire is, is, is like, um, it's like emergency battlefield trauma, right? It's like where we have to do medical like care on the battlefield because we see someone running towards a false ideology and and it's like someone who gets an infected wound right it's like gangrene it's going to spread we're trying to we're trying to point these things out because we're trying to cut it out because if that if you don't cut out that disease it is going to kill you it's going to destroy you and that's what that's what there's that's where the difference is because i think and it, but both are just as serious right that the i mean just like just like imagine any horrible war scene where like you know, you're trying to do mid battle trauma and there's no anesthesia and you're trying to like, you know, rinse out and clean and, and, and remove and, and like, you know, it's all this, all this horrible <laughs> visceral, like that's what's happening. And so that's one type on of, and fall out. <laughs> right, right. Like that's the type of fighting that's happening on the inside, on inside the wire, because if we don't do it, it's going to kill them. And that disease will spread. Like, if you don't, if you it like, you don't burn the bodies, like that disease is going to spread. It's going to spread to everyone. Everyone's going to die. And that's what you have to do inside the wire. And, and the problem is if we, if we don't rightly address it, then that disease continues to spread. And that's what is really happening is, is we don't have enough people rightly addressing things. And so the disease just continues to spread, right? This disease of, of flaccid palatable Jesus that just, you know, wants to, you know, receive your re reject resentment for you or or just wants you to act like a child or or you know jesus doesn't want you to hate right well thank goodness that way i don't have to hate my anger and my porn addiction and my gambling and my i don't have to hate those things jesus doesn't teach me to hate <laughs> like no he does he wants you to hate all of those things all of them that's why he died and yes he washed judas's feet and then sent him to hell so like 
what are we talking about? <laughs> but yeah, the, the call to guard the faith, right, Jesse, you, you outlined it perfectly. And that's why we have to look at, we have to look at everything and evaluate it correctly. Just because there might be, you know, 7%, maybe outside, maybe 5% of the blogs on um, the Gospel Coalition's website that are good doesn't mean that I'm going to send people there because they could end up reading the 95% of that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The percentages were just for fun, right? Well, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's valuable analyzing Taylor Swift's Eras tour in oh, terms of personal sanctification. Sweet Lord, help us, please. There's, there is value in that. Like, what a first world article. Like, no, you know what I mean? No like, to it. There's no value to it. Like, like that is like hashtag first world problems analyzing Taylor Swift's heiress tour. Like, here's here's what here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you know the name of whatever tour Taylor Swift is on, you should be smacked. I mean, that's just the reality of it. That's how I feel. Yes, that's how, that's how I feel. You're like, oh my goodness, you'd smack all those young girls. Well, if I don't, their parents should. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, please, someone step in, save them. Their parents should, and you, you, are, you do not go around. <laughs> you do not go around slapping little girls. <laughs> I don't do that. No. <laughs> For the record, <laughs> I don't even do that hypothetically in Minecraft. There's nothing to do with that. That doesn't happen. Okay. Oh my gosh. Justin, why is the SWAT team at your house? Well, somebody who listened to the podcast thought you... Oh, no. Is that you, Joe Biden? No, it can't be. You're walking with two feet very well. <laughs> All right. What I would love for the writer of that article to answer is if they used money that was donated to GG, TGC as a business expense to go look at, watch the Eras tour in order to analyze and synthesize some type of biblical... They didn't go uh, to it. Did they go to it? And, isn't it tell aren't there know. videos and television televised things about sure. it? I thought they're like, yeah, they sure. didn't have to go to it. Though. They couldn't go to it. They just wasted time on well, like, I mean, how, how would you know how it applies to your spiritual life if you don't spiritually participate in the act of worship? Because they don't know how I don't know, I got nothing. <laughs> I was just hoping. I was just hoping against hope, which is what the Bible calls me to do. All right, so that's the kill sin point. Now we have another forty-five minutes of be faithful and be vigilant. No, the the last two we'll just we'll go through relatively quickly because I think they follow logically off of everything Please. we said, and I think we probably already said them like several times, it's just in different ways. So two two B's that you can actually be right. So we know we want to be killing sin, right? We don't we want you don't want to be loving our enemies, and we want to be loving our it's enemies. Not the LGB. It's not it's not that B. We want to. <laughs> Correct. It's B E, just not like yeah, not not B I, which is a different B word, right? We want to be um, faithful, right? And in being faithful, we have to be faithful to what God has entrusted to us, which means we have to love truth. And so all those go together. The being faithful one, though, highlighting it a little deeper, right? As regarding the faith, well, what is that faith? We know that we have identified it. Now we need to be faithful to it. Uh, we have two passages. We have Proverbs three, three through four, and Hebrews ten. 23 uh proverbs 3 through 4 says this let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you bind them around your neck write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of god and man trust in the lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding i think i read too far <laughs> i did <laughs> I read too far but it's a great verse. In all your ways, acknowledge me, and he will direct my path. Your paths. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you love forsake. I love the I, I love the ver the imagery that that's in the proverbs here, right? Uh, steadfast, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, right? You you don't want them to run from you. You want to bind them around your neck. You want to write them on the tablet of your heart. You want these places to be connected to life for you. That is how we will be. We will remain faithful. Faithfulness is so important that it is connected to life for us. Well, um, this is a perfect opportunity to announce that we are selling uh, choker necklaces with the Shema written on them, no, so no. you can bind them around your neck. <laughs> this is not. This is not ninety four. We are not selling choker necklaces. It is not happening. I. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I don't care if they come back. We absolutely refuse. <laughs> we will not do it. We did it once. We did it before. We're not doing it again. Okay, this is 2024. At this point, that was 30 years ago. We're not doing it. <sighs> I think the black leather and the and the spiked studs. I think that I think it really gets the point of the passage across. <laughs> it was look, guys. It was like five years. We made some mistakes. All right, that like 
that like it got real gray once mid the mid 90s hits things started to get real gray for us okay now we, look you know what we didn't have we didn't have a lot of you know racial tension um say transgenders we did not have a lot of transgenderism we didn't have a lot of sexual confusion and we did not have a lot of of racial tension and and for that we had better we had a little bit of better childhoods right but i think when you really boil it down to it, it's because we didn't let the meat you know, we're getting off into a different topic jesse i hate you i hate so much you brought up choker necklaces hebrews ten twenty three is another verse that talks about faithfulness and it says this let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful let us and again we have this idea of holding on right hold fast to the confession of our hope right what's the confession of our hope that jesus christ has died for us that he has conquered sin and death his resurrection his death and resurrection conquers sin and death for us right so we hold fast to that without wavering for he who promised that's god god is faithful we're to be faithful because god is faithful um and he will if he it's one of our our greatest prayers uh as pastors and as a church is that he would find us faithful and then finally, we come to be vigilant. I'm not going to keep going. I think you guys know to be be faithful, be vigilant. Do you want to read? Uh, do you want to read that, Jess? First Peter five. I'm uh, sure. First Peter. Five. Let me get there. First Peter five verses eight through eleven. I did kind of talk about verses yeah, eight previously, but um, it says, "Be of sober spirit and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour." But resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished among you, brethren who are in the world. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, strengthen, confirm, and ground you. To him be might forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, I just love the way it ends. The, the dominion of God is how that passage ends. So, right? this verse right be vigilant this but this verse encapsulates the whole of what we're saying of the culture war right that the war is over that's how this ends right just know god is coming he's going to comfort he's going to affirm he's going to establish you because to him is dominion forever so it's like it gets that whole idea it says but for right now you must be vigilant right there's like uh, you know like there's one more there's one more japanese soldier out in the woods right <laughs> like he's gonna get you right you have to be vigilant you don't know it, Satan is focused on devouring us, right? The world and its sin is focused on drawing us into the kingdom of man, right? That's what it is. It's it's there and the sin is present in us. And, and that, that connection point is what we have to continually sever with the grace and truth of the gospel of Christ, with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the comfort of the community of the church and with the truth of his word. We have to be vigilant to do that because Satan wants to eat us, consume us, take over and control us. That is literally his goal. But God is faithful. God is there. God is ready. God is willing. And God has brought about salvation and the war is over and he will confirm and restore and establish us but we must be on guard. We must be vigilant. We must watch. Uh, and these are ways that we can uh, maintain the offensive front that's that's in this battlefield, in this war, as we seek to be on mission objective. Well, that was that was a roller coaster ride of a podcast episode, Jesse. <laughs> yes, I apologize about the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Hopefully, you've forgotten about that. Uh, I wasn't prepared to be passed off. Uh, that, <laughs> that because so... it is literally nowhere in the notes <laughs> that was so long ago no out of the notes, so i'm like oh we're not going to talk about that <laughs> no one remembers that it was so long ago <laughs> you know what was funny about that is i'm just like oh no i'm doing the thing where i'm going to talk too long in the beginning of the episode and jesse's not going to say anything jesse why don't you answer this random question that i thought just thought of just now <laughs> and you're like i can't do that don't do that oh my gosh well this has been another episode of the carpe fide podcast where if we try to sync up at the end it's not going to be synced because we are in two separate locations we never thought of that jesse we do this sync syncopated ending to our our podcast and yet when we do this video and, and the recordings and being in two separate locations we can't do I, it i really i really thought it would work last time but it didn't so 
It's fine. Jaeger can fix it. He he can make it. He can make he can make one. So are we gonna try to end that way? Oh, are we doing it? Oh, did you do you want to do it? I, I want to do it. Let's do it. Okay. And, and it'll look horrible on video, but if you listen to audio, you should go see. If you're watching video, you should find out if the audio is synced. And if you're listening, you should go to the video and see how the video is unsynced. And either way, tune in next time to the Carpe Fide podcast because you never know what our video backgrounds might be. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. It's very true. Anyway, church, uh, we hope you have uh, enjoyed your time in the Word with us. We hope we have encouraged you. And we hope that you this day will indeed seize the faith. <laughs> Why did you say it so slow? You never say it so slow. I want to try again. I want to redo. I feel like you were like offering. You're like, seize, 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 da, 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 We hope you, dear Christian, will seize the faith. Seize the faith. Oh, man, that's enough of this. Get me out of here. Give me out of here. <laughs>